Hello, and welcome back to Idiot's Alphabet Soup. My name is Jenny. And I guess I'm Catherine. Yeah, just in case there's any new listeners. <laughs> yeah, of course. As if we're getting new listeners. Um, <laughs> well, exciting news for today. We are in the same room. In the same room. Because... Catherine's getting married! And Jenny is helping me out with the planning. Yes. Because she is my maid of honor, and she's pretty cool. I try to be. Um, yeah, so I graduated this past Wednesday. Yes. Be exciting. Have my oh, whole graduation ceremony. Walked. Got my fake diploma. Shook Mr. Tim Sands' hands. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I drove up here where Catherine is, and... Yeah, now we're getting ready for her wedding, which has been an adventure. Yes. Um, wedding planning is a lot. Mm-hmm. TBH, now I'm kind of dreading the day when I get married. <laughs> it seems like so much stress. Yeah. Um, honestly, looking forward to the marriage and not the wedding. Good perspective, probably. Seems like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I am very glad that Jenny is around. And uh, she's been a big, big help. Been trying. Um, anyway, so what are we going to be talking about today on the podcast, Catherine? Okay, so this is kind of, um, I apologize, off the cuff again, because we had our potty planning me- meeting like literally two, two hours, hours ago. ago. <laughs> literally <laughs> two hours ago, like driving back to Catherine's house from, oh, we should tell them about the Latron. <laughs> All right. Okay. So earlier today, we went to my friend Micah's house. Um, she's this old, like, childhood friend that I have. And um, her husband, who is also a childhood friend of mine, and his dad made this, like, big spread for Micah's birthday. And it's all, like, Filipino food. Mm-hmm. And we have this thing called lechon, and it's uh, basically, like, rotisseried whole pig. Yes. So, we got to help rotisserie this pig, which is really fun. I got to spin it around mm-hmm. over the fire. Catherine kept dipping its tail in the ashes. Yes, because, well, okay, the the mechanism <laughs> that they used to, like, turn the whole pig around was very, like, um, Spartan. Is that the word? I think that works. Yeah, and so, like... <laughs> I was just turning it, and I just thought, like, oh, it's going to work out. But, yeah. But, yeah, she kept, like, pushing it away or pulling it towards herself, which would cause, like, the areas where she where the tail was going up and down to be where there were ashes. Um, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> but the pig was really good anyway. Yes. And we had, like, shrimp and ceviche. Yes. I'd never had ceviche before. Yeah, it, it was, was pretty good. Um, um, and then... <laughs> We were sitting on this bench, and it was, like, the legs were maybe a little bit too far, like, towards where the center was, and so Catherine was sitting on the very end, and then I was sitting right next to her, and, like, at one point she had stood up to go get us some paper towels and, like, came back, and then we used all those paper towels, and then I was like, oh, I should go get us some paper towels, so I stand up, and, like, the whole bench just starts to, like, tip over in Catherine's direction. And so I quick sit down again and sit on my plate of food. Oh, my gosh. And there was, like, oh, there was Sprite on the floor, and my butt was covered in, like, the buttery stuff that was on the shrimp. shrimp. And also, like, the pig's blood. Oh, yeah. 
says this full Kuna poop made with pig's blood. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a disaster. Mm-hmm. But the food is really good. <laughs> the food was all good. Um, point is, we were too busy to actually, like, plan this potty meeting well in advance, but I think we have a lot of I think material. we have to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't actually tell them what we're going to be talking about. Okay, why don't you tell them? Uh, so today we're going to be talking about The Cat Who Saved Books by Sosuke Natsukawa. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his name. Um, our friend Matt speaks Japanese and I showed him this book and he said something that sounded not quite like what I just said. <laughs> but I don't remember what he said. So we're just going to do our best. Um, yeah. Great book. Such a good book. Um, actually, um, I picked it up first because I went to visit you for your birthday in Mm -hmm. Blacksburg. And we went to good old Blacksburg Books. Love Blacksburg Books. And that was their book of the month. Yeah, because they have a book club every month. Um, which is like their, yeah, their like book of the month thing. And I, after, so you picked it up and you read it. Yeah, I was in the process of reading it, so I'd be like, um, you know, I'd be reading and you would be doing like actual work. Yeah. And every 15 minutes I, I would just go, this book is so good. You should read it. <laughs> um, and then I actually did read it while I was finishing up everything for my master's degree. Um, because I was, so as you may remember from last episode, like during that last week, I just like only gave myself five minutes on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And so when I was doing my, like, Pomodoro method, I would have these breaks, and so I would read that book on my breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I read that one also pretty quickly. Um, and actually, the book club meeting was on May 10th, and I thought about going, except I had to go to a meeting for the class that I teach instead, which kind of sucked. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And you were also graduating that day. I was also graduating that day. Um, so <laughs> probably not a good day. <laughs> probably not a good day for a book club. But it was, um, yeah, I, I was blown away by the book. Yeah. It was really cool. Very cool. Um, should we talk about it? Yeah, let's bit? talk about it. Okay, so basically it follows this um, high schooler called Rintaro, and his grandfather just died. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives with his grandfather. I'm not sure what happened to his parents, but anyway, he was living with his grandfather when he died. And they both ran a used bookstore together. Yeah. Um, and since his grandfather's death, Rintaro has to move away, um, live with his aunt, Mm -hmm. and, um, give the bookstore up, basically. Um, one day this cat comes in and says, I need your help. I need you to save these books that are being abused. And Rintaro says, why are you talking? (laughs) Exactly. And so Rintaro goes on these four adventures, or labyrinths, where he encounters um, basically, like, these spirits that, quote-unquote, abuse books. And he has to convince them that there's a better way to use books. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, starting out this book, Catherine just told me it was about, like, this cat who's, who, like, takes this boy on an adventure to, like, help, um, to, like, stop mistreating books or, like, stop books from being mistreated. And I think I said this on the last podcast. While we were talking about this, you're, like, dog-earing pages and, like, (laughs) leaving the thing just splayed open instead of using a bookmark. And I was just like, Catherine, what are you doing? To be fair, 
That is not one of the labyrinths <laughs> in the book, okay? I was not doing anything that the book was telling me not to do. True. So, and also, what is the big deal if I dog ear books? <laughs> like, I'm, I don't think that's abuse. It's like, love. Like, yeah, oh, I mean, it's well-worn like, pages are a thing. It's good that you're reading it and wearing pages. I don't know. There's something inside it, like, something about it that just hurts the inside of my soul. Like, it's not meant to be museum-ready. It doesn't have to be in mint condition. Yeah, but then also, like, you'd like to have the whole page there still. Like, after dog-earing dog a few times, it'll, like, fall off. Well, I'm sorry if there's, like, a <laughs> corner gut. Like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not um, <laughs> blocking out like yeah. Um, I don't, girl. I, it's probably because when I was a kid, if I would try to do that, my mom or my sisters would get after me and like Jenny, bah, 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 you can't do this to the pages. Bah, bah, bah. And I was like, okay, this cannot be done to pages. <laughs> and then you come <laughs> along and do it. And I'm like, Catherine, this cannot be done to pages. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so yeah, and then on some of these adventures, he's joined by a friend of, well, friend slash girlfriend of his, um, Sayo. Sayo. And she goes on a few of the adventures with him and, like, helps him to convince these spirits to stop mistreating books. Yeah. So, um, before we really get into the book, we would like to apologize. Yes. Because we tried to get a hold of the author, but it was just not possible. We could not find any contact information. Literally um, nothing. No Instagram, no Twitter. No email. No email. Um, this man was just nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and very interesting. Um, he's a medical doctor. Yeah. And for some reason he writes about cats and saving books in his spare time. Yeah. And, like... He's written one other book as well, but, like, we couldn't read it because it's not in English. Yeah, it's just, just in, in Japanese. Japanese. Um, okay. So, maybe to start with, when we're, like, talking about and, like, really getting into these books, should we go over what the four labyrinths were? Okay. Well, the first labyrinth, Rintaro goes into this other realm, I guess, mm-hmm. and there's this spirit who just reads books. Mm-hmm. He reads them once and then puts them away in this display case and then he just reads the next one. And he reads, like, super fast, too. Yeah, he reads super fast and that is all that he does is read books, put them away. Mm-hmm. And his whole, um, his whole, like, argument for why he does that is that uh, he... He says that books are power, mm-hmm. and books are, like, what is it? It's, like, prestige. Well, yeah, and so it's, like, it's better to have been the person that read... Many uh, books. Many books than the person that read the same... Like, it's better to have read 100 books than to have read the same 10 books 10 times. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, basically... The the only thing he's obsessed... Uh, he's basically just obsessed with collecting mm-hmm. and reading all the books. Yeah. All the good, quote-unquote, good books. Yeah. That, like, civilization has to offer, I guess. Um, and you know what? I think both of us can relate to this because we are, like, fiends for 
collecting. Yes. And, Ugh. like, reading, speed reading through books. Yes. Um, yeah, I definitely have that issue. Like, I've had this before where I'll read a book and then at the end be like, I honestly don't quite know what happened because I just read that so quickly because I just wanted to get through it. Yeah, and sometimes I do, I'm, I am guilty of, like, reading a book because it's what I'm, I feel like I'm meant to read. Mm-hmm. Or, like, oh, I just really want to read this book so I, I can say that I read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was the one that made you reconsider your book goal, right? Yes. Well, it was this and and the, the other labyrinths okay. that we'll be talking about in a minute. But... Yeah, I think both of us and a lot of people are just obsessed with maybe reading all the classics that you need to read or, like, I don't know, quintessential, like, peak books of every genre. Like, Mm -hmm. those are goals that a lot of voracious readers want to hit. And I don't think... I don't think that makes any sense, like, after reading The Labyrinth. I mean, it makes some sense, but... Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so what was the second labyrinth? So maybe I'll talk about the second labyrinth. Well, yeah, but, like, okay. okay. You want to say more about the first labyrinth? Well, yeah, okay, I want to say more about the first labyrinth. <laughs> okay, say it. Uh, but there's also, like, this thing that Rintaro says to the spirit, which is, um, if you don't take what you learn from a book, or if you don't step out into the world after you read a book, then everything you learned is just empty and borrowed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in that aspect, we're pretty good at, like, taking what we've learned and, like, talking to others about it or, like, yeah, having it affect our daily lives. Because I know when I read a book, I must tell you about it. Yeah, and the same way. Like, when I read a book, I'm like, Catherine, I have to talk to you about this. Yes. Because, like, I don't think there's any purpose in, in, in like, just... You know. Yeah, reading and keeping it. I mean, sometimes there's, like, your sort of fluff books that you read that, like, aren't really worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, this is going back to our first episode. You can always take something from a book. Mm-hmm. You can always take something and make your life better in some way, I feel. I agree. I don't know. That's all I had to say. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the second labyrinth. Um, this is the one where Sayo joins them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her and Rintaro and the cat go, like, off into the abyss somewhere. And they, um, or into this, like, mysterious world again. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this, uh, sort of office situation? It's, like, really busy and bustling. And there's, like, mm-hmm. people running around with, like, all these big books. But they're all the same book. Or, like, have the same title. Um, which yeah. is, like, about new research on reading and that sort of thing. <laughs> right. And so they're, like, trying to find the director here. And, oh, and there's, like, paper bits in the air and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they, they like, go way down into the depths and find this, like, this guy who's down there and he's listening to classical music really loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to talk to him. And he's basically saying that, like, he's developed this new method of speed reading, essentially. Which is, like, where you read as fast as you can, but then also you just shorten the book. Yes. And so he goes through these books and he chops them apart and cuts out all the parts that he thinks are unnecessary and reworks them and reworks them and reworks them until mm-hmm. they they take ten minutes to read instead of five hours. Yes. Um, and his reasoning is that people don't have the attention spans to read anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And so if they if they want to if you want to keep books alive and keep them in the world, you have to shorten them and make them palatable to people. Right. Um so anyway, he he's like making a kind of convincing argument, which is that, like sometimes you need to like you need to synthesize this information so it's digestible to keep these stories alive. Yeah, and um you know, he says that people don't really people don't really have the time or, like, the energy to go through, like, these really difficult bricks mm-hmm. and get something valuable out of it. Like, the, the time that you put in is not worth the knowledge you're getting out. Yeah. And, like, he goes into this argument of, imagine being able to read ten of the greatest books in the world in an hour. Or, like, ten of the greatest books in the world in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Or in one minute. And he's like, wouldn't it be so great if everybody could just take what they needed from a book and not have to deal with everything else? Yes. And, you know, your girl is a little guilty of looking <laughs> on the wiki. <laughs> yes. Uh, it happens. I feel like my problem is that I just stop reading at some point. I just sort of am flipping pages and, like, scanning words but not actually reading that. <laughs> yeah yeah um so the way that Ritara ends up like kind of convincing him to stop doing this is by he has this like classical music playing and so Ritara plays it like on fast forward mm-hmm. and so it's like obviously going like really fast or whatever whatever mm-hmm. I mean sorry go ahead yeah so Rintaro plays it really really fast and the guy's like you're ruining my music like stop doing that and Rintaro's like well that's what you're doing to a book like you can't really enjoy something if you if you like speed it up or like cut it up Mm-hmm. Right? And there's also, like, other arguments that, um, you know, Rintaro goes through. Like, when he compares books to music, he says that, you know, in the same way that music is made of more than just notes, a mm-hmm. book is more than just words. Or Rintaro says that... Rintaro, like, um, compares a book to a hike, mm-hmm. right? And he says that you shouldn't begrudge the mountain for being steep because the hardest hikes have the best view yeah and so you can't really get that good view if you're just leisurely walking Mm -hmm. in a straight line it's not that's not gonna work yeah and like that hit me right in the feels (laughs) (laughs) that hit me right in my heart bone because (laughs) (laughs) That is not a thing. Not a thing. Because um, one of the ones, like, the the key thing that's coming in, especially with the first two, but also with the third one, which we'll discuss soon, is that, like, there are, the arguments they're making make sense. And the, the cat, when he's talking to Rintaro, makes this point that, like, that's what makes it so difficult. It's like, there's a grain of truth behind these lies that people are believing. And because they have so much conviction about it, mm-hmm. it's so hard to convince them to see what's wrong. Even even though that like what they say isn't true, right? Because these two these first two labyrinths they're both very concerned with keeping books alive, yes. right? Nobody wants to read Plato's Republic. No normal adult. Is You've gonna... read Plato's Republic? Well, yeah. Well, I'm a <laughs> but... freak. <laughs> <laughs> but no adult wants to slog through that and just. All they want to know is that Plato said that he was a gadfly and society was a horse. Like, nobody cares. 
mm-hmm. and nobody has the time, effort, or like energy to study every word that plays, unless you're a freak. Yeah, you know. Um, and how do you keep like these old grand books alive if like nobody has the care to read them? Mm-hmm. You know, and so these these people are trying to think of creative solutions to like fix that, but they don't realize that in doing so they've ruined the book. Yeah. And in both cases, Rintaro kind of appeals to the fact that they actually do love books and says, like, if you love books, you won't treat them this way. Yeah. Um, and he he really relies on, like, things that his grandfather has taught him. So in both situations, he, like, remembers a situation he was in with his grandfather, mm-hmm. and the grandfather, like, tells him about books and how they're great and how they can help him. Yeah. Uh, and then he sort of, pa- like, re-says, restates those ideas for the spirits and, like, convinces them using these ideas from his grandfather, or that his grandfather taught him. Yeah, and, like, these are all really good... I think these these first two especially are really good, like, examples of the pitfalls that come with mm-hmm. reading books. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to... I don't think you're meant to read for anything but your own pleasure or, like, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, books can be hard work, but they're not meant to be, like, I don't know, a symbol of of prestige or, like, it's not meant to be a flex that, oh, you've read this book. You're supposed to. Yeah. Like, you don't read books to flex them. You don't read books to put them on display. You read them to, like, get the information and or, like, get the enjoyment and benefit from it um but also like sometimes you have to really work to get that benefit yeah and i think part of what makes reading so great is that you know if you're looking for something like difficult then you Mm -hmm. just have to put in the work yeah yeah and you only get out as much as you put in like always Mm -hmm. yeah i think so yeah I mean, I think definitely some books, like, you really have to work harder than others. Like, and there's been some books that I've read that I was like, I could put in a lot of work and not get anything out of this. Like, that one book that I read for Brighter Winter this year, like, What Are We Even Doing Here or something? That book was awful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I feel like most books are, are that way, where, like, you get out what you put in. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you're in the mood for a nice walk. Mm-hmm. Nice leisurely walk. But you can't begrudge the mountain, mountain for being steep, really. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so the third labyrinth. Should we talk about... Do you want to describe the third labyrinth? The third labyrinth is... <laughs> well, it's a little complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Um not as complicated as the fourth labyrinth. Yeah, so the first two were the Well, best. we have a little theory about yeah, like how the book is structured. But the third labyrinth um is set in this like corporate building. Mm-hmm. And there's just burning books like was it burning, burning No, the books were being tossed off the top of the building. Oh right, the books were being tossed off at the top of the building and they meet like the CEO of this major car- corporation and basically he says that they're only printing books that the public want. And they're not very concerned about preserving the old great books. Mm-hmm. And if they are reprinting these old great books, then they're like summaries or blah, 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 explained. 
mm-hmm. books because no one wants to read these. No one wants to read them. And in his mind, like, the thought process is, well, at least I'm getting people to read. Yeah. Right? Um, also hit me in my feelings because I used to read this thing in high school. It was called No Fear Shakespeare. <laughs> I did not know about this. Okay. Well, okay. So it's it's a book and, like, for example... It would be a Shakespearean play, like, Twelfth Night. Mm-hmm. And on the left side, it would be the original Shakespearean text. And then on the right side, it would be, like, a full explanation of what's going on and, like, why. And mm. why the characters are saying it, blah, 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 blah. But in, like, normal people words. Um, and I will confess, by the middle of the book, I was reading only the right side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... What I found interesting about this one, mm-hmm. well, there were two things. One was just, like, from the way it was written, I thought it was interesting how, like, in this case, the, like, the spirit here was the guy who ran this company, and he didn't have any pretensions of loving books, mm-hmm. which made it harder for Rintaro to convince him to stop doing what he was doing. Yeah. So the other thing I found interesting about this, I was thinking about with, like, a, a conversation I had with my mom where she was talking about how it can get frustrating, because um, she's an author, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's talking Hey, Dorcas Smucker. Hi, Dorcas Smucker. Um, how it can be frustrating that, like, you'll have these sort of influencer types on the internet who, like, they're Instagram moms, they mm-hmm. have, like, hundreds of thousands of followers, and then they write a book, and they just have this, like, large audience who will buy it, even though they haven't put in the work of, like you know, doing uh, a good job or, like, learning to write well. Um, And my mom was wondering, like, how, like, how's the best way to think about that and not, like, I guess maybe be bitter about that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I I thought about this book when I was talking with her about it because it was like, well, mom, like, you want to write good books. You want to write good books for people who care about good books. Yes, you want to write books for people who want to read good books. Yeah. And, like, the people who will just read a book because an influencer wrote it aren't the people who want to read good books. Yeah. You wouldn't want those people reading your books anyway. Yeah. Because they're not going to appreciate it. Yeah. And so that's, the, like, I had thought of it, like, this is the one that I thought about when I talked about that, is that, like, you don't just want the people who, who just want something to read. Like, you, you want the people who want to read good books to be the ones who read your books. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know. How did Rintaro defeat this? Honestly, do not remember. <laughs> See, it was because there was no good, like, argument for it. Yeah. And so he had to appeal to, well, I read because I love good books. Mm-hmm. And maybe. There's other people who also read. Yeah, yeah. who love good books. And so... So, like, it wasn't... The point still stood. Yeah. That maybe you did need to produce, like, not crappy, but, like, books that people want to read Mm -hmm. to keep reading alive. But you still have to remember that some people... There are some still some people around who enjoy the good stuff. Yeah. And you should keep those people in mind, too. And maybe 
you know, he was trying to convince the CEO that, like, oh, maybe you should elevate these good books and see if people want to read. Yeah. Because I think your mom would quite benefit from being elevated and being exposed to, like, a bunch of people. I agree. I think her books are great. (laughs) I think her books are great, and they should, yeah. Where is Mr. CEO Man? Why aren't you printing Dorcas Smucker's books? (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) Do you know who she is? (laughs) Dorcas Smucker? Of the Grassy Smuckers? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I feel like none of our listeners are going to get that joke, but that's okay. Keep it in. Keep it in. (laughs) All right. And then the fourth labyrinth. Now, this is interesting, because originally there were only going to be three. Yeah, like, after the third labyrinth, the cat's like, all right, bye, that's the last one. And then he, like, comes back the next day and he's like, psych! (laughs) So, actually, (laughs) there is a fourth one. Yeah. And that's because uh, Rintaro's little gal pal, Sayo, gets Gets abducted. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, I gotta go save her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it is revealed that every book has a soul. Yes. And so Rintaro asks the cat, like, oh, are you the soul of that children's book my mother used to read to me? And the cat was like, yep. Yeah, because this whole time, like, the cat was starting to feel very, like, familiar to Rintaro. Mm -hmm. And that was when he figured out, like, oh, yeah, the cat is the soul of this book that I read as a kid. Um, And he, like, meets with this soul of this book that's, like, super old. And mm-hmm. supposed to be, like, the most well-read book in the world, which, or widely read. We were to, trying to figure out what book it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, like, it could have been the Bible. I was wondering, but also it was a woman. And, like, it feels somehow a little bit sacrilegious <laughs> to have the soul of the Bible be a woman. I don't know why. <laughs> um, It's like cars, I guess. Like, oh, cars, cars are always girls. Maybe oh, books maybe are always so. girls. But the cat was... We don't know what the gender of the oh, cat is. Oh, that's true. There was a little note at the end that said that they didn't know, but it also yeah. said that the cat, like, talked like a, a male man. would. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, oh, my gosh. Anyway, and so, like, the the spirit of this old book, um, like, brings up these the spirits from the last three labyrinths, and shows how that, like, now now that Rintaro's forced them to change their ways, or not forced them, but convinced them to change their ways, like, they've lost all the power and prestige that they had. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was they were happy in their own lives. Like, Rintaro pointed out, you know, they may not have prestige and they may not have, like, this big system that's working for them, but they're happy with how life turned out. And maybe that was the point of the third and fourth labyrinth, is that, Books are not meant to be part of this grand, like, we should not corporatize the the distribution of books. No, not really, but, like, this isn't, books are not meant to, what am I saying? <laughs> um, almost, like, books are not meant to be this sort of experience that everyone has in the same way, that sort of thing. Yeah, like, books are not meant to be 
dealt with as like a profitable enterprise like yes like you know, if, if you're in the business of books it has to be because you love books yeah like people aren't meant to like profit off the backs of like all like it's not supposed to be um the scalable like corporate structure like that's not how books are made their books are made on like the individual person you know yeah and so like while these spirits look like they've failed they're actually really pleased with their lives and they love books and that's how it was meant to be and that like goes back into you know rintaro was running a secondhand bookstore with his grandpa Mm -hmm. and somehow he had all the answers for these big successful spirits you know Mm -hmm. because like the only reason why grandpa kept the shop open and why rintaro helped out was because they both loved read yeah because the grandpa actually had had like a in kind of reflecting the same like with how the spirits like the grandfather had had a very successful life and was like a great professor and researcher mm-hmm. and then basically just quit everything to open the secondhand bookshop mm-hmm. and maybe that's kind of the message is that there's always a secondhand bookshop yeah yeah i don't know Oh, okay, this is off script, but it was something that I remember thinking about a lot in the book that I want to discuss with you, is Mm -hmm. Rintaro's transformation in this book. Mm. Because he starts out, like, obviously very sad about his grandpa's death, Mm -hmm. and, like, he's like a recluse, basically, just sort of, like, sits inside and reads his books and won't go to school. Um, Yeah. But then, like, the cat shows up and sort of gets him to be confident, gets him to speak up. Yeah, and has him realize that people around him care. Yes. You know. Yeah. And maybe that's also part of the book, too, is that, um, you know, Rintaro realizes that, like, like, the books help him, helped him, like, be a better person, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because the cat is the spirit of, or is the soul of the book. Yeah. And so all of these books are kind of helping him out in his real life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's kind of like what happened, what he talks about in The First Labyrinth, though, which is that, like, these lessons are important, but you have to, like, carry them into your daily life. Or carry yeah. them into your life. And so the book is almost his process of, like, learning things from this book and carrying them on into his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, in the end, he ends up being, like, someone who has friends and he knows who cares about him. Yeah, and, like, when... You know, everything is said and done. He kind of convinces his aunt to have him still live Mm -hmm. in his grandfather's apartment. And he then runs the secondhand bookstore after school. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is really nice. It was really sweet. (laughs) And uh, Sayo became his girlfriend. Yes. Very romantic. Um, I love that. (laughs) The thing we're eking about is, like, something that has zero, like, <laughs> it's, like, not deep, and it's just, ah, so romantic. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, okay. So those were the four labyrinths. <laughs> yes. Um, honestly, there's so much to talk about, um, you know. Yeah. But I feel like we've kind of went through most of the stuff yeah okay um so what would you say is like the point of this book like if you were trying to to try to summarize what this book's deal is what would it be i think 
I think the point of the book is that um, maybe, you know, we have like these big books that have kind of shaped humanity to be the way they are now. But at the end of the day, a good book is something personal. And so like maybe the way to keep reading and loving books alive is to like have people read in a way that that like you know what I'm what do I say? You mean like maybe the way to keep reading a lot alive is to appeal to the fact that like a book is not gonna be the same experience for each person. Um and like to know what are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm trying to say that reading is is a personal experience and a book is worthwhile if you take something from that book. Right? Yeah. And what what is worthwhile to one person may not be worthwhile to another person. Yeah, but a lot of things to keep in mind is like good books are good good books have survived for a reason. Mhm. And maybe even though it's kind of an arduous trek it could be worthwhile. Yeah. You know. And like, you know, some books that are old and are bricks, they could be worth reading. Mm-hmm. If you just put, put the work in. If you love books, then maybe you'll try to read yeah. those things too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think maybe, maybe the two main points are a book is personal and the books are worthwhile. Those are like the main, like, things that the book is trying to like get across yeah all right now for the fun questions because they're all hypothetical yes. and they're not and they're spoiler free yes okay so jenny what other what labyrinth do you think should be added to the, uh, the book that's a yeah what are the common abuses that book readers like commit Okay, I feel like one common abuse yes, is, like, finding one thing you like and never branching out of it. Mm. Um, and, like, I think, it, you know, I you go through phases with your reading, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, like, sometimes you'll stick with more of one author, more of one style. But I think, like, there's something valuable to be gained from books in multiple genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you're someone who, like, only reads classics... Or only reads modern books. Yeah. And you have this sort of, like, criteria of, like, this I will read, this I won't. That, like, you're missing out on a lot of, like, a lot of what's out there by restricting yourself in that way. And so I think maybe that's one of the labyrinths that I would put in, is someone who just, like, only reads one thing. Hmm. So you think that there's always a book in every genre for everybody? Maybe not always a book in every genre that you'll enjoy, but I think there's, there's like, there's books in many genres that you can get something from. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So you don't really respect people who just read sci-fi or, like, fantasy. I mean, like, I think it's good that you're reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that reading is better than not reading at all. Okay. But, like, I think that it's, it's good and, like, to get the most worthwhile experience from reading, I think you should read across multiple genres. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
I agree. Um, hmm. What would you, you elaborate? I, um, I knew you were going to say that, and I was hoping I could go first so I could <laughs> steal it. <laughs> uh, I thought you would, like, lowball me and, like, say, oh, a labyrinth where the spirit is dog-earing pages. <laughs> As if. Um, I mean, like, I do. That does bother me, but I don't think I could accuse you of, like, not being a, a good enough reader. <laughs> or not loving books. Maybe there should be a labyrinth about people who give up midway. Oh. A quitter with what the yeah. Sorry, Emily. Sorry, Emily. I know. I was, you said that, and I was like, oh, uh, we're going to be getting an Instagram DM from Emily after this. <laughs> Emily is my sister, um, who, um, if she is not enjoying a book, will happily abandon it and, like, cannot relate. Emily, you have broken many a book soul. <laughs> I, I can see There's, that. like, a Emily support group somewhere. <laughs> um, anyway... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you can't say a book is objectively terrible till you finish. Because what if it was terrible for a reason and it gets better <laughs> at the end? Or, like, you can't judge an entire work by a piece of it. Like, you've got to read mm. it as it is and how it was meant to be read and then make a judgment call. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm never going to read a book by this author ever again. You know? Sorry, I'm like... <laughs> apologies yeah i i'll be honest there's like one book that i'm technically in the middle of right now that i'm thinking about just completely giving up on because this is the second time i've tried to read it and i've stopped both times i've like stopped within in like the first chapter because i just cannot con be convinced to read it um it's some book about this like spy woman who has a peg leg <laughs> Uh, and it's, like, a true story. Here's the problem. is I feel like sometimes people write biographies of these, like, incredible people and just manage to make it, like, the most boring thing ever. Like, I once read a biography of That's Louisa fair. May Alcott. That was her, right? Was she, the, she was the one who wrote um, Little Women. Yeah. Anyway, a biography of her, and it was, like, the most boring book I've ever read. <laughs> Not the most, but it was, it was up there. It was really boring. Yikers. I... Yeah, there's also, um, there's this book that I've been trying to get through, and it's, like, just awful. Um, but apparently he's a really good author, um, according to some people. It's Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Mm. And a man loves violence a little too much. Um, honestly, a little concerning <laughs> that he would write. Something so messed up. And also, like, learn how to end a sentence. Like, mm. like man writes, like, ten lines, and there's just, like, no... It would just be separated by commas, or if that. Yeah, and, like, it's so confusing that he has to have a little, like... <laughs> a little, um, like, description at the beginning of every chapter of, like, what is happening. Because, it like... His writing is just so confusing, and it makes me mad. Um, but, ya girl is not giving up. I respect it. Um, but yeah. Sorry, um, Emily, if you have a great 
uh, counter argument to this. Well, I know what her counter argument is. What? It's why would I spend time reading something when I'm not going to enjoy it? You know, sometimes books aren't about enjoyment. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we we should, maybe we should bring Emily on to defend herself sometime. Emily, if you want to be on the podcast, no, I think we should just continue on with the Emily slander. <laughs> <laughs> not even let her defend herself. I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> Uh, I'm just kidding. I love you. We love you. Okay. Um, that I don't feel like talking no. about. Sorry, we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at our discussion guide. Um. Uh, all right. Okay. This one, I love talking. Uh, I would love to talk about this one. What do you think? So you do me, and I do you. What do you think is each other's like biggest labyrinth? So what is our biggest pitfall when it comes to reading? Biggest pitfall. Okay. I feel like your biggest pitfall mm-hmm. when it comes to reading yes. is that you don't like a book unless it's difficult. Okay, that is very <laughs> interesting. Because I was going to say that you tend towards books that are easy to read. <laughs> I thought that was where you were going to go. Um, this is future Catherine and Jenny. Yes. And <laughs> the labyrinths made us both, like, a little too feisty. <laughs> and, like, we love each other very much. She's my best friend in the world. But it sound it, it was, like, 20 minutes of us sounding like we hated each other. <laughs> We just opened a can of worms that was, it's not ready. It's not podcast ready. It just happened to be that the labyrinths we said are, like, exactly where we disagree when it comes to reading. So anyway, that's what it is. We love each other very much and respect each other. And so we're just going to move on. And you guys don't get to hear um, us talking because as much as to us it was a respectful conversation, I feel like to our listeners it might come across like we were mad at each other. Yeah. Okay. So. Anyway. Next question. Next question. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so Sayo shows like goes on two of the labyrinths, right, and then is like kidnapped in the third one. Mm-hmm. In the fourth one. In the fourth one. Sorry. What do you think was the point of having her there, and why do you think she got to go on the labyrinths or in the labyrinths? Well, I think that she got to go because she's one of like three types of reader that. Three types of readers, right? Mm -hmm. So, Rintaro is, like, the social recluse, kind of, you know, stays in his own world, reads his books, and, like, doesn't care about anyone else or, like, anything outside of what he reads, Mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, there's this other character that we just never mention. The love of my life. Yes, what's his name? I don't remember, but he's he plays basketball, and he's, like, student body president, and he's smart, and he reads... (laughs) Yes, um, but he always makes a point to read the classics, mm-hmm. right? So he's kind of maybe very selective about what he reads, very pretentious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's that type of book reader. And then there's Sayo, who, like, you know, kind of reads, kind of doesn't. Um, and 
is like, oh, I should probably read more. Yes, and she's exactly the type of reader that would be swayed by these labyrinths. And I think mm-hmm. it's an important perspective to have is that, like, you know, some some people are just out here trying to read just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not if they, like, if they don't get the chance to read, like, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Like, that is where, like, the majority of most people are at. Like, that's where most people are at, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, which of those three characters do you think you relate to the most? Um, probably popular kids. Honestly, say <laughs> it's because you know he's like the most good looking one. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I'm like great and charming, and everyone loves him. Exactly. I I have to say, like, even though I do read like uh, different genres and. Um, I try to read a little bit of everything. I'm definitely a little selective about mm-hmm. the books I want to read. Like, even though I want to enjoy something for its literary st- style, like, I'm not going to go too far down the TikTok, um, TikTok book list, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder if book talk would be its own labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> That's too pretentious of me to say. <laughs> book talk. Yeah. It's just a bunch of... Um, People doing TikTok dances and, like... Oh, you don't know about BookTok? No. Okay, so, like, when a book blows up on BookTok... So, BookTok is, like, this area of TikTok that's all about, like, reading and books. But it tends to... I would say it tends to focus around, like, certain books that are popular at the time. Well, maybe not even YA. Like, maybe even a little... Like, usually a little bit more adult than YA. I, I mean, there's some, like, YA stuff. Like, I would probably classify, like, Song of Achilles as YA, and that was a really popular one. But also, like, Colleen Hoover's books, which I think are, like, a little bit more adult than YA. And also, like, Book Talk is kind of obsessed with their, like, spicy books. Like, they like books that are a little spicy, which, like, makes me be oh, uncomfortable, if I'm going right, to be honest. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, and so, I don't know, maybe it would be. But, like, if you can get your book to blow up on BookTok, like, you will sell a lot of books. Interesting. So it's kind of like Bookstagram, but for TikTok. Kind of, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe... Maybe that. I don't know how it would be its own album, but... I know. Because it... And then <laughs> the, the spirit l- just takes the form of, like, Charlie D'Amelio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. The, the thing about it is that, like... I mean, maybe it would be because, like, you want books to be accessible to the masses, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you want people to be, you want to be encouraging people to read and, like, you know, kind of spreading this idea that, like, anybody can be a reader and there's interesting books out there. But maybe the problem is that it doesn't, like, it doesn't, um, now I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, aren't I? Um, Ooh, do it. <laughs> Do it, do it, do it. Well, like, it tends to push... Oh, actually, maybe it won't be a hypocrite. It tends to seem kind of push, like, one genre often. Um, and, like, not... Not push the kind of books that are really going to challenge people. Whether that be, like, uh, like, challenge people to see the world in a different way. Or challenge people to, like learn something new or like kind of twist their brain a little bit in the way that you like mm-hmm. um i think it's just like oh you just read it and i think there there's a place for that like sometimes your brain is tired um or maybe you're new to reading 
and like you just want something that you can easily read but then I think you have to graduate from that eventually to like something that's a little tougher I agree so then it is our last question before we move on to our final bit okay do you think that by this book's definition of truly loving books that you truly love books yes I think you know if books have souls Mm -hmm. then like I do have a connection to every book that I read and most of them are my friends some of them I hate (laughs) and that's okay (laughs) Cormac (laughs) McCarthy you know I feel like in the way that do I love books in like the nebulous like I love all books Maybe not all books, but do I love to read? Yes. And it's like, oh, if books have souls, then it's like, oh, I'm trying to make new friends. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works out. And sometimes, you know, you put in to the friendship as much or more than, you, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you get out more than you put in. And I feel like that's a lot with books. Like, I make these connections and... It had it does like leave lasting impacts on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd say I love reading and I love books. What do you think? I don't know, cause I feel like I feel like in some ways and like at some points in my life, yes, definitely. I what about books. now? I think like in this moment right now, I do. I think part of my problem though is that like there are times in my life where I just cannot, like I don't have the brain space to read. And but so that think, doesn't mean you don't love reading. That's true. That's true. But I think sometimes I feel kind of bad with that. That, like, I've got too much going on in my head and I can't sit and focus on books. And then I'm like, oh, I'm the person that the guy is talking about in the second labyrinth. And he's like, people are too busy to read, yada, yada. And it's like, I am too busy to read. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean you don't love books. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think I love books. Good. Yeah. I couldn't share a podcast with someone who didn't <laughs> love books. Yeah. I do think that, like, Rintaro could have some some harsh words with me, though. Probably. <laughs> um, final bit? Final bit. Okay. Tell us what the final bit is. Okay. So, if we are running on the premise that books have souls, what book soul would we like to meet? Our book spirit. That is a good question. Yes. Um, honestly, for me, I kind of would like to re- meet the, like, the book spirit from, like, my, my childhood books. Like what? Uh, or, like, the, like, picture books that I read as a kid. So, like, um, one of the ones I loved was this book called A Bargain for Francis. <laughs> um, where, like, actually all of these ones that were about this, like, little, uh, badger named Francis. I would love to, like, meet what the soul of those books was. Because they Why? were just, like, cute little... I think because it would feel so familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those are the books I grew up on. And, I mean, obviously, like, once I was able to read for myself, I didn't read them as much. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the books that my mom read to me. They feel so, like, so warm and familiar. Mm. You know? And I think in that way, it would be really nice to meet the spirit of those books and the soul of those books. Um, and also because I suddenly could not think of any other book besides, like, kids' books, so... 
I'll ask you, and then maybe I'll I'll come up with one that I've read as an adult that I would like to meet. I think I'd like to read. Um, to meet. I mean, to meet. Sorry. Um, you know, these are kind of the same vein. They're not picture books, but they're definitely kids' books. But I'd like to meet the soul of a Roald Dahl book. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because Roald Dahl is all about playful, nostalgic, just fun, but a little naughty. And, mm-hmm. like, it seems like a, a... I feel like the soul of one of those books is just, like, a good chum. Yeah. A good, like, school-age chum. Um, and we get into all sorts of trouble. I like that. Yeah. Okay, I've got another one. <laughs> no Dixie's Maxi using. Well, no, this is this is like number two for me. Okay. <laughs> um, so there are these books that I read growing up, and there were a lot of them, but I would choose probably. Uh, I think I know which one I would choose. So they were called like the Betsy Tacy books. I think I've told you about them. Mm. Um, where it's you like these, have, yeah. it's like these two best friends, Betsy and Tacy, and then they have a third best friend named Tib. Um, and it's sort of, they're books that you can kind of grow up with. So my aunt would give me, like, one a year for Christmas, and I would read them. Mm. Uh, like, when I was the age of the characters in them. Uh, and then eventually she gave me, like, all the rest in the series all at once. And so there's these four books from when they're in high school. That You'd are just, like, like to meet those. I would love to meet those. Especially, like, the older ones. Because I feel like it's just the epitome of what it is to be, like, 16 and young. Oh, and, like, yes. have, like, crushes and all that. And, like, I would love to meet that. Just because yes. it's such a, like, fun time in life. You know what? There is something really great about talking to a 16-year-old. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, you're you're just loving life. And you've been untouched by the world, like, the world's problems. And, yes. like... Ooh, you're just 16. <laughs> so yeah, I think I would love I would love to meet the the soul of the Betsy Tacy high school books. Yeah, I love that. You know what would also be really good to what book would be really good to meet is uh, anything um any of those books by that's like the Mysterious Benedict Society? Yes. Yes. Or like Serious Unfortunate Events. No, that's, like, too sad. I don't want to meet those. I don't want to. They're, like, downers. <laughs> oh, But here's the thing. So you know how you said that I'm funnier when I'm sad? Yes. I feel like those books are that way, right? Like, they're funnier because they're sad. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's a little... It's a little much. A little much. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, shall we end the podcast here? Yes, let's end the podcast All here. All right. This has been Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Baboosh. Baboosh.